Welcome to Inside the Chinese Mind, the podcast for learning how to work cross-culturally with China business and with Chinese people and about China business development. Your hosts, Dr. Helen Jung from Cambridge, United Kingdom, and Darren Fuchs from Thomson Gear Lawyers in Australia. Uh, being a lawyer in Australia, I can talk a bit about contract law uh, as being the basis not only of Western business, but Western society, Western life. I think everyone deals uh, with contracts every day in some format between parties, but they agree on something as to that's how the future is to happen between us. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the expectation, yeah, the expectation is that's how it, uh, how it will stay for the future. Uh, of course, from a business sense, Helen, in the Western world, we have not only a well-developed law of contract, uh, which really started uh, back in the 16th century in England and about the same time in France and Germany. Wow. Uh, 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 but we also have a highly developed court system that was uh, developed from 1066 in England, for example, uh, which enforces binding obligations. So our whole life is, is based not so much upon reliance on trust uh, between parties, but based on agreeing terms of a contract uh, which is a statement of future intent, uh, and then having the ability to enforce that. It's a different scenario, Helen, in China, in that there were various attempts during the 19th and, uh, and 20th centuries to put law of contract in place in China, but none succeeded. Even under Mao Zedong, he had a plan of putting together a mechanism of creating binding agreements about the future, but it never came into a place. Uh, and the first contract law in China uh, was in 1999, in fact. So China had no concept, no basis of society and no basis of business that relied on law of contract until 1999, um, which, uh, uh, but even today, uh, there are there is a very undeveloped system of courts in China. So there is very little grounds upon which to enforce contracts. And in fact, Foreign contracts are never enforced by Chinese courts. So if the, court, the contract that you draft up with the Chinese company uh, has a law applying to it other than Chinese law, uh, and you determine that uh, the outcome of that contract in a court, say, in the USA, and then take it to China to enforce it against assets there, it's not enforceable. So even today... Sorry, Helen, go on. Yeah, no, no, I'm just uh, reflecting on what you just said, uh, Darren, on the history itself. Um, I mean, you can mm. see how well-developed the, uh, not the definition, the concept, but the structure and the how, you know, the contracts <coughs> were are enforced in the West and the understanding yes. around it from a commercial uh, point of view or relationship point of view. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Darren is a very well-respected uh, legal expert. Um, he is a partner of a um, Australian law firm, and he has many years uh, dealing with uh, contracts and corporate uh, legal-related issues, uh, not only for Western companies, but also helping the Chinese companies. Yes, and trying to develop contracts with Chinese, which has been uh, a, a lesson in itself, Helen. So there's this big gap yeah. in, uh, for, well, from the Western point of view, there's a big sure. gap in Chinese society that that uh, contracts don't mean the same thing no. 
to Chinese people that they mean to Western people. Absolutely. Did you want to speak a bit about what what does a contract mean to Chinese people? Do can you tell us, Helen? Yeah, sure.、Um, I mean, the gap perhaps also exists、um, in、yeah. China, Darren, but you know, from another perspective, because、um, well, part of the reason you already mentioned is the relative short or fragmented.、Um, History of how contract law, or even you know law itself, as in legislation and the court system,、uh, is a relatively new、um, phenomena, or、um, in it has such a short history in China. So, indeed, indeed. So, yeah, but through and yet business has、yeah. been conducted for three thousand years.、Though. Absolutely. So I'd I'd summarize that Westerners think that a contract. Means this is an expression of a binding obligation for the future,、right. and in many ways, it's a reduction of difference between parties、sure. uh, that they agree on the conscious level on a reduction of, of how to reduce difference between them in the future. Yeah, but I think the contract、uh, concept in China is is more a statement of the state of the relationship as it stands at time of signing the contract. And it doesn't necessarily mean there's any obligation for the future as to how the parties will reduce difference between them. Yes, I agree. I think、um, it is a yeah.、Mm. yeah. Mm. For Chinese,、uh, a, because、uh, because it's it comes also from this、uh, point of view of you work with people you can trust. Uh, it boils down to people first,、yes. rather than the business or whatever the deal that you are working with.、Um, I always remember、yeah. uh, one of my clients. He um, told me um, a, a story when he was negotiating a joint venture with the Chinese counterpart.、Um, Is the older couple who they are trying to buy their business、um, by first. Uh, entering in to take, they're hoping to take a majority shareholding, and then slowly,、uh, you know,、uh, throughout the years to take over the business. So they had a very good round of discussions in his first trip to China, and then he went back again for the second round, and he said, "I felt we've gone back to square one." We started negotiating price again, and we started talk about you know the shares. But then he said, you know, over the next few rounds. So he went back again, forth again, and in the end, he said, well, I just you know don't don't have time to keep on harping about this same point over and over again.、Um, then it came through. He said when they had a dinner, they all had some drinks. Everyone's relaxed. Um, the boss said, "Well, you know, it's not really. I don't really mind. You know, you give me fifty-one percent shares or forty-nine percent. What I care、uh-huh. is what about my children? If they want, would they、uh-huh. be able to stay in the business? And、uh-huh. what about all the older employees who spend most of their career with me? And I want them to be looked after." So for the Chinese, it's, it's often yeah not just you know the price tag or the percentage or the things that we as in in the West we have this list of one two three we need to tick off and and you know things that we must reach an agreement. 
the Chinese thinking yeah. is it's more holistic. It's a whole host of things that all have to work or fit into this same, um, uh, you know, equation or, or the one agreement. But then again, like you said, yes. Aaron, it's signing a contract means, okay, well, we agree at this point that we embark on a joint relationship. And then because things yes. change and things change so fast and we the, the contract which is signed and then it's already, you know, been reduced to writings of what we have foreseen up to this point. It's not a guarantee yeah. of what's, what the future is going to be. Indeed. And I've often heard Chinese people say, oh, look, that contract isn't working for us, so we're going to terminate it. Right. Uh, and, of course, from a Western point of view, you just can't terminate a, a, a contract because you feel like it. You, you have to still stick to your obligations. Right. So I'm just wondering, should we maybe give a really short description now, but certainly we'll be going into a lot more detail in future podcasts, but Helen, how does business operate in an environment where, in fact, a contract doesn't mean something that binds for the future? Yes, um, I guess um, it's uh, what I'm saying, Darren. I'm not saying either the oh. Chinese is right or the Western side is right. Uh, it, it, it's just different, you know. It's the attitude towards Indeed. towards the legal agreement, as you mentioned, the history, the context, and how people treat um, a piece of paper. And again, for me, yes. a lot of the time it boils down to communication. Um, you know, we often hear when the contract or when the relationship first started, the senior people. Uh, from the West will go into China. They will pay a lot of attention. They will, you know, spend a lot of face time. But once the contract is signed uh, or the agreements reached, they just regard, oh, okay, well, this is job done. I'm, I'm on to my next thing. Disappear. So, but for yes. the Chinese, it's, uh, relationship is, is very much alive. It's a long term. Um, and if, you don't continue to invest. You don't have to fly into China all the time, but you know, a phone call or emails or however you keep that line of communication open is very critical. And often, again, Chinese has the tendency of not worrying people or not flag issues until sometime. Often, unfortunately, it's a little too late. Yes, but if you don't yes. have that well, that trust, or, for a whole host of reasons, yeah. But if you don't have that trust, or keep nurturing that communication, uh, you would not hear any concerns or things that you know they will only in the end reach their own conclusion, saying, "Oh, you know, we, we this this contract is no longer valid." Uh, you know, we what can we do? We maybe we'll just have to tell them, you know, forget it. I recall a, a story about a friend of mine who was in Gon was in Gonjo, right. uh, with his manufacturing firm, and even though he spoke native level Chinese and had an awful lot of experience in China, he still felt that frustration right. every day that Westerners who go to live in China to develop something feel that is everything would change every day. So even though he had a contract for supplying of these number of colours, uh, these parts and these number of colours. 
bicep times, etc. Yeah. Unless he went and visited them constantly, he'd yeah. never know where their supply was up to, and right. never know if and when the supply would happen. <laughs> sure. So very much yeah. for the, the lesson that I have, the basic lesson I have for today. Yeah. Uh, and Helen, I'll get you to comment on this. Sure. Is that if even if you do a contract. The basis of business for 3,000 years in China is not being contract-based. Yeah. It's being relationship-based. Yes. So everything is about maintaining your relationships and working together and adapting to the changes that happen happen in relationships from, from day to day. Absolutely. I think those in long-term relationships or marriages probably know that feeling yeah. of how things can change from day to day. Sure. Um, and that's very much... Uh, a very, very, very basic way of saying how China operates with a vacuum of contract law and contractual relationships. And I think we'll find on future podcasts how that affects the whole psyche of how you do relationships and how you do business in China. Yes, Darren. So any, any final words from, from Dr. Helen Jung on this? Oh, no. Before we I, conclude I guess, this podcast. Yes. Um, a, a little story, as you were saying, Darren, reminded me uh, when I was uh, my first job working with an American firm, we used to order um, uh, cam- uh, order um, things to export uh, to America uh-huh. from China. So this one yeah. particular product, we ordered the dye, that you dye cloth and you, you, you put into... Um, the uh, product in in America to reduce their cost. So we used to order this particular red, and yeah. um, you know it's been tested. The sample were approved, and then but still the factory keep on getting it wrong. So I, yes. I I then eventually went to the factory down south and just to see what's going on. And I asked the uh, factory leader. I said, "Why is the red never the right? The red, you know, we we first agreed on." He said, "Oh, well, we just yeah. thought it, it. It's not a really pretty red. We give <laughs> we give you a much prettier red." Uh, isn't that kind of them to help you out that way, Helen? Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, there's a lot more we can talk uh, about, and we will continue in later episodes. But uh, Darren, I think what you said it's absolutely true. Uh, for Chinese people, it is relationship based. But having said that, uh, you can help uh-huh. them to understand and educate uh, your partners to respect the commitment or the agreement they enter into, and then make joint effort to um, continue to make it win-win for all parties involved. Yes, yes. And I'll conclude this, this podcast with uh, one of the general principles we, we have in our minds, Alan, which is making cross-cultural business work is 100% never gets there. But if you move 40% and they move 40%, the other 20% doesn't matter. I like that. I like it too. All right, Helen, let's conclude tonight. Thank you very much, listeners. We are, that, that's a short version on why you can't rely on contracts in general with Chinese. And uh, in our next, pod, next, next podcast, we'll be covering negotiating with Chinese uh, and then building on from there. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye, podcasters. Bye. Temperature is 21 degrees Celsius or 17 degrees Fahrenheit. 
You are required to remain seated with your seatbelt fastened and keep the seatbelt phone switched off. Please keep your mobile phone switched off and keep the aircraft captain completely off. For passengers holding air China boarding pass for connecting flight, please clear immigration.